Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. This is uh, Tuesday morning, November 30th, and it's been a week since we've been together. That's right. I skipped town last Tuesday afternoon. You left on Wednesday. Looked like you had a great time with your family. I thought it was a really big time. Then you told me two or three families that weren't there. So, <laughs> I mean, just a, looked like a heck of a lot of fun there with, looked like be about 40, 50 people for the oh, big lane. Yeah, probably about 50 people, at least 50 people. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I saw some kids' tables, good old-fashioned kids' tables and all that stuff. Yeah, we had a set it that way, and, and my, my son has graduated to the adult table, uh, but my daughter is her and her cousin of the same age. They are the oldest at the kids' table, which is always the, uh, the rough spot. Well, I certainly understand that. You kind of, once you get to high school, you think that you're a little more mature maybe than you are. And you, but once you get to the adult table, you look up and you're like, man, this is pretty boring. <laughs> I this, wish I was some of the stuff, my aunt and uncle fight all the time and mom, you know, granny and this person don't necessarily like each other. So, uh, sometimes I go back to the kids table and just kind of be there, but it looked like a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great time in Louisiana. Uh, there was a particular football game that you and I can celebrate and be happy about on Thursday night. And, um, my, know, my brother asked me, did you find joy or relief? I found joy in the entire season. You're more of a relief person. I, I mean, you know, this is one game I actually, you know, usually I get kind of panicking or whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, you know how I am. This game, I calmly, I mean, we were texting back and forth. I calmly watched. It was the most calm I think I've ever been watching a game. In no way did I feel good about it. I just felt calm during it. And I think at the end of it, I was like, man, that was a great season, a uh, great relief. My entire family is the Mississippi State fans. I-, I knew the next day that they couldn't say anything to me, which was fantastic. Um, and I did not say anything to them. There was, And they can they can verify that I did not do any kind of trash talking. But it was just – I felt relief and uh, just a, a very uh, a very proud season. You know, a lot of coaching stuff going on, which is going to kind of relate yeah, we'll to your word of the that. week. Um, but uh, yeah, right as of right now, we still have the same coach. Yeah, the former Ole Miss coach, basketball coach, used to say – Andy Kenny would say, you are what your record says, period. Ole Miss is a 10-win regular season team. They lost at Alabama and lost at Auburn. Mississippi State finished with seven wins and five losses on the season. The 10-win team, take the name off the jersey, should beat the seven-win team, take the name off the jersey. And that's kind of what happened the other night. It just kind of came together. Some things started to work in a a certain direction. Uh, Mike Leach's offense is is interesting. It either works really, really well, or sometimes it can really bog down. And and, and again, we're not going to – we've never recapped any of the games. But just watching it – they were to be there the twelfth game of the season. They just weren't on the same page. Like right. a lot, there were a lot of misreads, right. which you know they've been gelling so well the last three or four games, which is why I was nervous going into the game. That they were just like receivers were not turning around. The ball was thrown behind them. They never even looked. Um, so I, I don't know a lot of miscommunication. I don't know if they had put in some new plays for the week or whatever. But it just seemed a little disjointed. Again, I enjoyed the game. Uh, just enjoyed everything, and that's going to lead into my award of the weekend. So I'll kind of stop there. Yeah, and you mentioned we were texting a little bit back and forth during the game, and we happen to be texting. I guess when you are the presenting sponsor of the UTW podcast, you're allowed to text back and forth. Uh, you know about the Egg Bowl and so forth. I'm speaking of Mr. Brian Couch, which we we did have a really good time texting back and forth with one another me you and him uh, on thursday night he had, he had no faith in the game 
uh, well, he said we're going to lose from the first quarter. 45 times. Right, 45 times, which is typically what you do. Yeah, basically, yes. Typically what you do. So that's the scary part is you were – Brian was the negative one, so you had no choice. He already <laughs> took he took your role. He took, he it. took it your gone. role, it so you gone. had to do something first. But I can tell you one thing he's definitely positive about, and that's about being the number one real estate team in DeSoto County. Again, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. They possess over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team – in DeSoto County when it comes to residential real estate for now on 13 years. They have over 25,000 closings since 2009. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available whenever you need them. No one takes the DeSoto County real estate market more serious than Brian and Terry. Now is a great time to list your house. They're currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. They simply need your address. Give them your address. Let them tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, what's going on within a mile of your home when it comes to how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're closing. Give them a call, 662-449-1700, or call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Again, they recently were voted DeSoto County's best realtor for the fourth time, full-time, full-service realtors. No one is going to serve you better than Team Couch or Birch Realty Group. Find more information about them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Brian and Terry, we are grateful for you being our 2021 presenting sponsor. Derek had the opportunity to see a number of Instagram posts, a number of different pictures of what people had done to their turkeys, baked, fried. I actually saw some smoked turkeys. And one of those turkeys, the photos, were giving a shout-out to the How to Barbecue Right Shop where they had gotten information about it. How to Barbecue Right Shop is our 2021 studio sponsor. They're located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, Malcolm's Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can find more information on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give them a call at 912-9947. Visit their website, howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive. Just a simple reminder, this Saturday, December 4th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., the big man, Santa Claus, will be in town. This is a completely free event. You will take home a digital picture of the kids with Santa, and they will serve cookies, hot cocoa, and so much more. This Saturday is a perfect time to stop by the How to Barbecue Right shop to see some of those really cool smokers I was mentioning. Thank you, Malcolm Rochelle, for being our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right shop. And Matt, if I remember right, that is the uh, first of about four to five stops that Santa's making in Hernando over the next uh, four weeks. We are efforting uh, an opportunity to uh, get a phone call in or at least maybe even a face-to-face on one of those trips in with Santa Claus. That's something we're working on. There's probably other podcasts, maybe a little bit more famous that he would could could go on, (laughs) Uh, you know, but while he's in town, why not try? He's going to be here so many times. Why not? Probably going to do like an Airbnb or something like that on some of the different things. One time you're going to see, and we're going to talk about that in just a second, will be the Hernando Christmas Parade coming up next Monday. That's a week from yesterday, next Monday. I can't wait to give an update on that, the mm-hmm. parade. Really, really looking forward to that. I'm glad the Hernando uh, Christmas Parade is back. So that's going to be coming up next Monday. Do not forget, the Chamber of Commerce puts that on next Monday. Get all the kids, all the family out. Hopefully the weather will be good. And just a really, really great time when it comes to uh, doing something like that under the water tower. Well, let's start on our Tuesday show. We always lead in with our word from the weekend. Your word from the weekend is pretty simple. What you got? 
My word from the weekend, very similar to what we were doing last week, and it's grateful. Yep. Uh, we're giving thanks last week, and uh, just very grateful. Uh, it was a, a great time. We were able to leave uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, immediately, we were able to see family. I stopped by the, uh, my mom's house. Uh, we had to stay in a hotel because our family, my mom, my parents' house is a great house. Uh, it just has a couple bedrooms, and now with everybody having kids, and with both my kids being the size of adults, it's kind of hard to squeeze everybody in. And so we had to get a hotel room, but we are able to visit with them a couple hours before check-in, which is great. Did y'all, did, I saw your brother stay in a hotel. Did y'all stay in the same hotel? Well, he stayed in like kind of a B&B condo right. thing uh, right right across the street. So Great. yeah, we literally walked back and forth to see each other. That's cool. Uh, so that was really cool. And then that night we went to my parents' house and hung out. Then Thursday was just wonderful. Uh, saw many family members, you know, obviously it's been two years since I've seen some of them. And that was a, a great time and just a, a lot of fellowship. And uh, we were able to eat. It did rain a little bit, but still able to play some cornhole, uh, have a great lunch. And then that night we just kind of piecemealed together supper and just hung out some more. And then Friday, uh, one of the traditions that we always do is all the men and the guys, I mean, everybody, any male in the family go out to eat at one restaurant and the women go to another one. So we did that. That's cool. And then we did the uh, we did the small business shopping on Friday instead of Saturday. So uh, we all walked downtown uh, as families and just kind of hit all the stores, which was just a wonderful time. They had music playing. Stores were wide open. It was 45 to 50, so it was cold, a good winter's day or felt like a winter's day to shop. Uh, and then Friday night, my siblings uh, and our spouses all went out to uh, have drinks. And that was wonderful. Uh, just spending some time with them, being able to talk and laugh. And uh, at a bar that had been closed down for a while, and it had just recently re-back, uh, opened back up under new ownership. That was, It's a really cool place to go. So that was great. And then Saturday, we headed back. Uh, still able to get back here, do some yard work, still go to church. Uh, made the 9 o'clock service uh, to watch, um, I guess, you know, the one that you, that you uh, kind of perform at and that was uh, great and just kind of got back in schedule and still able to kind of ease our way back into the work and the school week so just a very very grateful to have a wonderful loving big family as you mentioned uh, I guess some people put it on Instagram um, I have not seen the picture on Instagram yet or on Facebook but uh, I can imagine I, I know what picture you're talking about and that was my grandfather's house where that was taken that my cousin purchased and now has redone it and lives in it that's his personal house great. which we all love because we still have Thanksgiving and Christmas there they're they're very gracious enough to open up their, that that house to us to still have the same traditions that we used to have when my grandparents were alive. Yeah, your sister's Instagram is really good about family pictures and stuff like that. So grateful again, another word for thankful. So that's definitely the uh, the a great word from the weekend of last week. Um, you know, we had a similar trip to Louisiana and had an opportunity to see my siblings and and um, you know different stuff. So just really good to see cousins, nephews, uh, all the people that we care most about. And so grateful is a really really good weekend. Mine's gonna going to go in a different direction, Derek. We were joking around just a moments ago about the Egg Bowl and the football game. Mine's going to be contracts. Contracts. Mine's, yeah, contracts. And most people, most of our UTW podcast listeners will know where I'm headed with this one. At the end of every college football season, it seems like the train leaves the station. No pun intended mm-hmm. there for Ole Miss fans. Well, but, hope, hope he's not leaving the station. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> The train leaves the station. It becomes absolutely insane when it comes to coaching contracts. It is amazing to me what that has become. Uh, To me, it's very sad that every single state, every state in the United States of America, the highest paid government employee is a football coach. Yep. Everyone. At the public school in the state. Period. Every every single one. The The highest paid coach right now is Lane Kiffin. 
uh, in the state of Mississippi. Oh, yes. And so he is the highest paid government employee. I'm not saying people that work for the government should make that much. I'm not saying that. I'm not hating on the coaches for the situation. I'm going to push my son. Your son's talking about going into athletic directing, and I am really aggressively pushing my son into coaching. I know there's a lot of coaches that coach. I mean, you know, high school football we talk about all the time. Uh, We've interviewed – Probably a dozen coaches now. Uh, Coach Nikki Witten coaches softball here at Hernando. Uh, she's a friend of mine. I, I would consider a friend of mine now. Um, and and these college coaches and the contracts, uh, I tell Wilson all the time, I'm like, look, man, if you can go into a profession to get paid to go away. Will Muschamp, the former coach of Florida and South Carolina, this year sat out, got a chance to watch all his sons play football. He got paid from three different schools. And I think three the, different schools. And you say the contracts. I believe, and I'm sure I'll have somebody email me or text me that I'm wrong. I believe that's pretty unique to college, right? Because pro coaches they don't get paid to walk away. Like they, they're on their. Well, they don't make that. They don't make as much money. They don't make as much money. Either. And then when they're fired, yes, like their contract says, when you're right. fired, like we're done with you. Um, now you can they can you can trade coaches for players, which there's some money exchange involved there. But if if they leave, they don't owe the the team anything. Right. If the team fires them, the team doesn't owe them anything. And uh, the best co- coach, the best coaches with the in the pros, the best coaches in the pros with the best agents, they have some guarantees. They have some different things like that. But nothing, nothing, but nothing millions of dollars and the other thing is is that on a college coach you know they it's, it works both ways if they leave early right there's usually okay well you're gonna your buy you, you have to have a buyout right. of x but the, the new school just pays for exactly. it so it, it's not like he's losing any money <laughs> exactly right exactly i mean it's amazing to me again you and i cheer for old miss we keep uh pay attention to old miss and mississippi state the most i mean Lane Kiffin's probably going to get, should he stay at Ole Miss in the next coming weeks, as much as $8 million. Yep. Mike Leach will be right behind him. Uh, to me, that is insane. My mom yeah. worked for the public. My mom was a, a middle school principal uh, for years. And uh, the fact that these guys are making that amount of money, I'm not hating on them. It is what it is. Uh, the coach at LSU, whomever that might be, you know, he may make uh, you know, $10, 12000000 million. I mean, they're talking about Jimbo Fisher from A&M LSU beats them on Saturday night, and they're, they're still wanting him as a coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, different things like that. Really, really mind-blowing. I'm really pushing Wilson into it. We idolize these guys, idolize some of these people, some of these you know coaches. I mean, they really, really are. Well, some just, of them are not impressive. No, and that's when you say when you push your – you know, if you're – Wilson or whoever right. toward it, it's a very tough profession too. No doubt. I mean, Absolutely. you've got to love it. Uh, now, I mean, if you know, if you love something, then it's never work. Everybody's heard that saying before. You know, but there's a lot of people who have toiled away at the high school level. Yes. They love it. Yes, they're making forty thousand, fifty thousand. Right. You know, and that will be for a 10, 20 year time period. But they still love it, uh, and that's they probably wouldn't trade it for the world. You have to spend a lot of long nights. Uh, there's a lot of years you don't make any money. There's a lot of moving involved. So, I mean, you have to want that lifestyle and really love that lifestyle. But you're right. If you do make it, and that's another thing, we see the same coaches retread over and over Correct. and over again. Correct. Where once you get in that fraternity, and, and again, I, I don't want to sound sexist, but at this time, it's head coaches are still all men. Correct. It's a fraternity. That when that happens uh, on the football level, especially on the football level, they're just retreads. You could be bad and still find another job. Well, not only that, you could be a bad head coach and be a really good offense coordinator. I mean, look at Jason Garrett from the Cowboys. Fired as a Cowboys coach. He's gone, goes to the Giants. He's an offense coordinator within days. It's unbelievable. I know we've drug it out a little bit too long but Derek if my son was going to be any profession I'm going to encourage him in your 20s just grind yeah. go to grind and that's the same thing in any profession you're in banking I'm in sales when you're in your 20s if somebody says hey we'll offer you to come whatever go 
Go and do that. Now's the time to go and do those things. So when you're in a, in your 20s, go grind. You and I, I mean, my God, Lane Kiffin was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders at 32. <laughs> 32. You know, I mean, Matt LaFleur yeah. for the Packers is in his mid-30s. You know, he grinded in his 20s, and then the the, the fruit came. Well, McVay was about 30. I mean, he was about 32. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, contracts are my word from the weekend. You can sense a little bit of my frustration because, again, there are so many coaches out there. There's not an SEC coach. There's not an SEC coach for – for an SEC team on any coach, on any staff, not making six figures. Mm-hmm. I'd no. probably say not making less than $200,000 a year, which I'm not saying money is the end-all, be-all, but I've said on this on this show before, I wish I'd gone into coaching. I like that kind of stuff. I work with our youth on Wednesday nights, and, uh, man, some of the guys that are making that money, some of the guys that are getting praised, whew, man, they're – they're not very impressive. But no. anyway, I digress. So contracts is going to be my word from the weekend. So pay attention over the next two or three weeks. It will be mind-boggling the amount of money that's going to be handed out to some guys that probably should be driving your school bus. <laughs> so just simply saying. Well, Derek, today, Tuesday, the State of the City will be taking place at the uh, Hernando Chamber of Commerce. Speaking of the chamber, the mayor gave us a lot of information. I bet you'll probably hear a lot of that same stuff today when it comes to the State of the City address today at the chamber. Are you going? I'm going. Uh, it's a quarterly meeting. Uh, again, quarter being four times a year, but the one in December is the one where he usually, you know, whoever the mayor happens to be, uh, gives the state of the city kind of the annual wrap up. And you know, for this mayor, there will be about a half a year wrap up. He's only been in office since July first, so he'll give kind of what's happened for the the last half of this year. Uh, and this will be something that usually, again, the chamber does every December. The mayor is invited on to kind of wrap up the year, say what's happened, what that what what's coming into the city, and just uh, a lot of the stuff. Hopefully, we've kept you abreast about. Hopefully, a lot of it is repetitive. And we had the listeners ask good questions when we did the interview. So again, hopefully, as you said, this is things that people have heard before. But I am looking forward to the lunch. It's always a great lunch. Um, I don't know. Um, maybe a shameless plug. We'll see. Scotty's Barbecue usually does the catering. Yeah. I have not heard that today. Uh, but if it is Scotty, he's a, a great guy. He also does the Rotary Club. And so I look forward to seeing him there and, and eating the food. Should be a great luncheon. And we will report any news, anything of, of substance that comes from the uh, the luncheon today on our Friday show. Sure. Anything that stands out, we'll definitely uh, mention that on our Friday show. Well, Derek, before we get to our first set of ads, uh, let's talk a little bit about, you've got a little bit of information about the holiday season by the United States Post Office. They have put out some certain terms or certain dates that they want to push people on. Let's educate our UTW podcast listeners on those dates. If you want to make sure that your loved ones get their mail, whatever you're sending to them by December 25th. So if you're trying to get it in the mail uh, to get there by Christmas day, you do not have a lot of time left. So we're going to, I'm going to go through these. Now, some of this says, you know, if you're mailing to Alaska, if you're mailing to Hawaii, uh, I, I apologize. I'm not going to include that on all this. This is just going to be in the continental United States. Here are the dates that you need to pay attention to. If you have a pen and paper, you may want to grab that. All priority mail and first class mail. So basically any kind of like that thing, all zip codes. So all zip codes, priority mail and first class mail, December 9th for uh, APO, FPO or DPO, priority mail and first class mail, December 9th. The USPS retail ground service. So if you're paying for regular cheap ground shipping, you better get it in there by December 15th to get there by the 25th. So you need a 10-day leeway to make sure that it gets there by the 25th. For first-class mail service, including greeting cards, so that is the greeting cards do count for first-class mail, your last day to mail them, to get them by Christmas, to all your family members to see how beautiful you look this year, December 17th. 
First class mail is going to be uh, different packages, less than 13 ounces. I know that because I own this store, but less than 13 ounces. And again, those cards and everything that you send out for Christmas is what that talks about. Yeah, December, December 17th. Also, first class packages up to 15.99 ounces, December 17th. So that's a huge day right there. So basically, uh, eight days before, you better have those things in the mail. Beat that four o'clock deadline at the Hernando Post Office if you want them to make sure they get there by the 25th. For priority mail service, the last, the drop dead date, December 18th to guarantee that it's there. And if you're going to do the priority mail express service, so the most expensive, pay to make sure it gets there December 23rd. It gives you two days to get it there. Priority mail express is the only one for December 23rd. Now, again, there's other dates for if you're mailing to Alaska or you're mailing to Hawaii. Uh, I'm not going to go over those right now. And if you have any kind of, you know, please talk to your post office when you go about what ways, what, what kind of do that sort of thing. And they should be able to tell you that. But again, we're only talking two weeks, Matt, two weeks before. I mean, the 17th is what uh, today is the 30th. You've got two and a half weeks to get the cards done, get them out, all that kind of stuff, get those packages in the mail to guarantee that they're going to be there through uh, the USPS by December 25th. Derek, just three minutes ago, I mentioned uh, in my word from the weekend, I mentioned uh, a lot of the coaches that are making all that money are not very impressive. Um, speaking of the postal service, okay, <laughs> no. there are some awesome ones over there. There are some great people yeah, there. Yes, there are. Again, you and I started a, a postal store in South Haven. Uh, I moved forward for about the uh, three more years. Um, got to know the people at the post office very well. Some of them were, were excellent. Some of them were not. If you think for one second or are concerned about your package getting lost through the post office, do not send it through the post office. Right. UPS, FedEx. Get the, track, get the tracking number. Get the numbers. tracking number. UPS, FedEx, go pay the extra money. If it's something that's valuable, go to the FedEx store, go to the UPS store and use their services. I know we joke around. Everybody sends out the ring doorbell things where the guy's basically playing soccer with your, uh, <laughs> your wine that came from your grandmother uh, or something like that. That's rare. Yeah, that's rare. I have great experience with FedEx. I've got great experience with UPS. Please, please, please listen to me again because I owned a postal store for four years. If you are concerned about your package not making their own time or concerned about not making their in shape, your best bet is just to drive it with you. That is your best bet to drive it with you when you travel down to, to grandmother's house for, uh, for, for Christmas dinner. Completely agree. Derek, speaking of service, that will be unmatched and definitely right on time. I'm speaking about Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 662-429-5213, again 662-429-5213, or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Podcast brought to you by Mobile Car and Van Rental. Mobile Car and Van Rental located at the corner of Commerce and McCracken right here in Hernando. There's no reason to drive to South Haven and definitely not drive to the airport when it comes to renting a car or van. Call Mobile Car and Van Rental today for late model cars. If you're traveling for Christmas, you definitely want to reach out to them as soon as you can. They do have some van spots available. Give them a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555 when it comes to cars, 
pickup trucks, cargo vans, or passenger vans. They are the newest car rental place in DeSoto County, and they are ready to serve the residents of Hernando and DeSoto County. Again, 662-469-4555 for mobile, car, and van rental. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. North Point will be hosting their next open house on Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. Again, that's next Tuesday, December 7th at 6 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting the Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Let's turn our attention to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week, given to us each and every week by Rob Long with the DeSoto County Museum. DeSoto County Museum, located across from the Bancorp South, on Commerce Street, they are open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Rob Long and his staff would love to show you around the DeSoto County Museum. Derek, a little bit of a teaser from last week. Let's get the second part of an awesome DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Matt, yes, this is the second part. Uh, last week, we were talking about the Musacuna Plantation, which is just south of Hernando, about three miles south on Highway 51, and kind of why it's where it is and the history behind it. And when we talk, left off last week, we were talking about Brigadier General James. James Ronald Chalmers, the leader of the Confederate forces in DeSoto County, was kind of approaching on the banks uh, of Henry's line. So Henry from the north, uh, leading the north, brought his troops as closely as he dared to Henry's line. And that's where we stopped uh, on the night of June 18th, 1863. Because Chalmers had kind of positioned his uh, forces in a certain way, used DeSoto County, his knowledge of DeSoto County, positioned his forces what you got right up right up to the uh, again as close to the lines as he could so then on the morning of june 19th federal scouts reported to henry that there were 200 rebels with two pieces of artillery nearby waiting for them and that they must go out and whip them when henry's advance guard rode out to the memphis road formerly the plank road which we've covered on our podcast before they were met with cannon blasts from the quitman light artillery because of the dense fog the cannoneers missed them entirely Henry's men then tore down a rail fence around a nearby field of the Musacuna Plantation to leave the roadbed before the Mississippi cannons could be aimed a second time. Henry ordered his men to form the Union line. Obscured by the fog, the 7th Tennessee Cavalry charged the Union line where it was held by the 1st Missouri. Confused and disorganized, the Missourians fell back. The rest of Chalmers' forces now made a second charge, breaking Henry's line. The federal troops retreated to the tree line near the field and reformed their line. Chalmers again ordered a charge, and again the Union line was broken. Henry's troops then retreated to a small makeshift bridge over a tributary of the Coldwater River. The federal troops attempted to form up on the bridge, which collapsed under their weight. The stranded members of the Henry's forces on the south bank surrendered after finding they had no route of escape. Major John Henry was among the 88 Union prisoners of war taken in this action. When word of Henry's route reached the Union headquarters in Memphis, General Stephen Hurlbut's troops were dispatched to retrieve their captured friends and to end Charles' control of DeSoto County. 
Again, Chalmers used his knowledge of the topography of his home county, moving his men out of harm's way and choosing not to engage this new force. After searching without success to locate Chalmers, this force returned to Memphis without firing a shot. Man, that's a that was pretty exciting right there. I know. It's, it's a great story, again, right here in DeSoto County. It's very neat that it happened in DeSoto County, but you and I are Southerners, so what are we like? how are we supposed to feel about this? Well, man, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> excited about Chalmers, you know, doing what he did and stuff. And, you know, I mean, are, are you allowed to I'm Okay, how, so how yeah, well, we, he won a little skirmish. He avoided another skirmish. Well, not only that, he, they, the Union soldiers, soldiers collapsed on the bridge right. because of their weight. The other guys were stranded on one side, so Chalmers was able to, to overtake them and then – you know, held him hostage. Uh, the Union forces out of Memphis come down, search for him, stuff like that. Man, that's just some pretty exciting stuff. It is, and I think that as again, as a history, you know, if, if you're a history buff or if you just want to study battles or study, you know, right. strategy, uh, study strategy, it, it's a great story. I mean, something you can learn from yeah, what he sure. did, how he used it. Very interesting, as you said, very exciting to see it. The actual studying of the battle, studying of how it went. I mean, you take even like Hannibal's battles, you know, back so right. many, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, like all those things, those all matter. I mean, they're all great things to learn off of. And this was a very exciting story with a great strategy used by who, by a man who was completely outnumbered. Sure. Literally three miles from here. I bet he was a pretty bad dude. Uh, uh, say. Yeah. Did, did you say the the union the union commander's name was Hurlsbutt? Is that well? <laughs> I, I struggled with it. I don't know how much you will edit. Um, I struggled with it. It's Hurlbutts. H U R L B U T. Okay, that's his last name. That's his last name. Okay, Hurlbutts. Okay, interesting. So yeah. maybe maybe if he'd have hurled some more butts, he would, you know I don't know. That's <laughs> kind of a bad joke. But man, what a great fact of the week! A two part fact of the week from Rob Long over at the DeSoto County Museum. I did have two people send me a text and say, "Man, I can't wait to hear about next week what's going to happen on the uh, fact of the week." So that's the result there that Derek read. So we really appreciate Rob Long. Get over to the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. No better time than now. Coming up on the holidays. To to learn more about this wonderful, wonderful hometown of Hernando, Mississippi, and DeSoto County at large. So we really appreciate you, Rob Long. Thanks for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Speaking of appreciating local service, I'm speaking about DeSoto Family Dental Care. They have been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Give them a call at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. Or visit their office anytime, Monday through Friday, to see the DFDC difference. They're the official dentist of the UTW podcast, and they should be yours. Since 2001, Phrase Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest products and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again, 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. 
just want to give a simple shout out to Mr. Richard Williams. Uh, Richard sent his brother uh, over to rent a car from us yesterday. So really, really Very nice. Yeah. So Richard, thank you so much for supporting mobile car and van rental. We really, really appreciate you uh, using a local uh, hometown service podcast brought to you by Williams services. Williams services is a veteran owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs right now, especially with leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, fence repair, gate repair, new fence construction. Give Richard and his team a call for any project. Nothing too small, nothing too large. If they can't help you, they'll find somebody who can. Call him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Well, Derek, not a whole lot of stuff has happened in DeSoto County over the last week since our last show, our Tuesday morning show before Thanksgiving. A lot of places were closed. School was out. Not a lot of sports teams had a lot going on. But let's talk real quickly. We had mentioned we were going to start talking about basketball when we got back. So let's go ahead and update the listeners on the basketball records for the three schools we cover, North Point Christian School, Lewisburg High School, and Hernando High School. Go ahead and give us the women's record and the men's record for North Point as of now. Okay, so uh, as we do with football, we will start uh, up Getwell Road, work our way then south and to the east, and then finish up here under the water tower. Uh, so North Point, right now the girls sit at 3-0. and uh, Now, again, everybody's last game was last Tuesday. So all three of the schools that we cover, their last game was a week ago, a week ago today. And so they, uh, the girls are 3-0 and coming off a win at Rossville. Their next game will be tonight versus Fayette Academy. Okay. Uh, for the boys, also three and sitting at three and zero so far on the season. Their last win was also at Rawlsville, and again, their next game is tonight at, uh, versus Fayette Academy. Both the girls and the boys at home. Let's break that down. The girls' basketball team for North Point is really good. They, Matt, that's, Matt, that's the they're team. very good. This is a team uh, who is projected to make the Final Four this year. Okay. Yes. All right, so potential state championship team happening right there for North Point. The boys three and zero currently, but the boys are probably a playoff team. Uh, potentially potentially they are in a very very tough district now football district and basketball are different don't ask me why don't ask me how okay. uh now i, I that because for the public schools they are too the public schools they divide it in half right there's a, a region one and a region two for six within desoto county um that is for north point you know they only had three other teams in their district for football i believe it's eight teams in basketball wow, okay uh, play so each other home and home basically. they play each other home and home and it's uh there are a lot of t- facs is an extremely tough team sure of course uh lausanne is an extremely tough team okay. uh so right now i think they're projected fifth of out of eight and the coach thinks they have a legitimate shot at third or four okay. you make that top four you'll make the playoffs so yeah they're, they're okay. shooting for that fourth spot right now That's right correct. and your daughter is a freshman player for the north point girls that is right um not doesn't get a lot of rc action but definitely plays in jv but i think she's having a really good time and enjoying her experience as a lady trojan i, I, I will say she's enjoying the games i don't know if she's enjoying the practice we're talking uh, practice but, dog we're talking, <laughs> practice. talking about practice um but she does enjoy just being with her friends and she's getting a lot of great instruction absolutely good luck to the men and women basketball teams for North Point. We will begin to cover your games a little bit more in detail coming up on our Friday show, but we wanted to go ahead and give records of the teams. Let's come straight down, get well, move over to Lewisburg. The Lewisburg Lady Patriots and the Lewisburg Patriots currently sit at what? 
The Lewisburg Lady Patriots currently are four and five. They're four and five. They're coming off a 50 to 40 loss in the Bahalia shootout. Their next game tonight at home versus Water Valley. Okay. The Patriots are seven and two. They're coming off a win at the Bahalia shootout, 79-64. And they also, of course, will be playing at home tonight versus Water Valley. And Derek, we should mention a friend of the podcast, Mr. Greg Drumright, the gentleman opening up the field house there at the corner of Mackinville and Green Tea. Uh, his two sons play for Lewisburg, and they play a very strong role. They're two of their better players. so They are. I think Hayden Drumright is either second or third in the team right now uh, in points scored, uh, leading the points. And so they've got a pretty strong team starting off 7-2. and two. Uh, It's a great start to the season. And, and again, we're not going to go through all the names. Uh, you know, I thought about kind of going through all the lineups. That's a lot of, that's a sure. lot of air time. But uh, as you as we start covering them, we will be giving the top scores for each game so you can kind of start catching on to you know who is uh, the, the, the better players, both in rebounding and, and point scoring as we go throughout the season. Yeah, it seems completely fair. Well, let's finish right here under the water tower. Let's talk briefly about the Hernando Lady Tigers and Hernando Tigers when it comes to round ball. What you got? The Lady Tigers are 4-3. and three. Uh, Their last game was a loss to Columbus, 42-23. to 23. Uh, They play again tonight uh, against Cenotopia. This game is at home. Abby Harrison, uh, which we talked about her a lot last year, but only as a junior. This year, she was named one of the top 10 seniors in the state. Okay. Uh, preseason, top 10 seniors in the state. And I didn't say players, top 10 seniors. So looking for a big year from her. She's put up some big games. Uh, but if we remember last year, I believe Hernandez started something like 15-0 and 0 to start the season. Not, not so much this year. They played some tough teams to start. Uh, but hopefully things will pick up. And again, playing against Cenotopia tonight. The boys, now... As you see, all the other teams – now, North Point started late. They didn't start till I think, the, November 15th was their first game. So, they've only had three. All the public schools have averaged somewhere – and this is not just the ones that we cover, even the ones we don't cover – somewhere between seven and nine games. I could only find three scores on the Twitter account and on the uh, website for the boys. Uh, they're one and two. Uh, so I don't know if I missed some games. I don't know if they haven't played as many games. Uh, still struggling to find that. Um, anyway, we, we will have the record on Friday for sure. Uh, right now, I've I've reached out on Twitter okay. uh, and on Instagram okay. to the uh, to the I guess their account, whoever the account holders are. So please get back with me if the one and two record for the Hernando boys basketball team is incorrect. Uh, their last game was a loss, and it was last Tuesday to the Southern Central. One to forty-six. That was in a tournament, not a regular season game. Uh, and so that was in a tournament. Their next game is tonight versus Cenotopia. Derek, we're going to do the same thing. So that's the three. That, that's basketball. That's men's and women's basketball for the three schools that we cover. That's a quick catch up of that, and we will begin to cover some more of their games on Friday. We're also going to do the same thing. I'll do my part, Derek. I'll work on Hernando and Lewisburg. If you'll work on North Point. When it comes to soccer, men's and women's soccer, we have a lot of the podcast listeners. Well, well Matt, you'd be lucky uh, that I have nothing to do because the North Point soccer does not start until March. Okay. Well, you're, you're a loser. I guess so I'm I, doing I, all the work. I will take Lewisburg. You do Lewisburg. Okay, and I, fair okay, enough. I'll do Hernando. Uh, I should be able to tell you what the Hernando uh, men's and women's soccer are <laughs> doing. your son is playing for the soccer team. Yeah, I actually have to call the first. It's kind of weird. The girls play Lewisburg at home tonight. Okay. The boys play Lewisburg at Lewisburg tonight. So I won't I won't go to the boys game. I've got to sit in the press box and call or you know do the music, do all that announcing for the Hernando Lady Tiger soccer tonight here at Hernando or uh, Anthony Jenkins Field. So kind of weird, but we'll give an update, a catch up, records, maybe top players, that kind of stuff on Friday when it comes to men's and women's soccer. So we have a lot of podcast listeners that definitely have kids that play soccer for the three teams we mentioned. And that's a that's a busy night in Hernando tonight. You got both boys and girls basketball teams playing Cenotopia, and then the girls 
girls play in Lewisburg. That's a busy night in Hernando. And it's a little bit odd that the girls play at home and then the boys play same two teams on the road. I don't know why they don't kick it off at five <laughs> and the boys play at seven. Of course, that's a very long night for me in the press box, about four <laughs> hours of soccer there in the press box. But look, I really look forward to it. So we'll cover basketball more on Friday. We'll begin to cover those winter sports. We'll go ahead and cover soccer under the water tower as well. So looking forward to the Friday show. Look, if you enjoy what we talk about when it comes to local town politics, DeSoto County fact that we really awesome civil war battles that happened right here close to us or when it comes to basketball, soccer, anything like that. If you enjoy our show, please, please, please share it with others. Share it uh, on email. Share it any way you can. But especially find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you enjoy our show, give us a five-star review wherever you listen to our show. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us a five-star review, and that'll help us continue to move up the ranks when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, you'll definitely enjoy OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. They cover the eastern side of DeSoto County, Center Hill, Lewisburg, and Olive Branch. OB Pod. Look them up today. Well, Derek, look forward to covering the uh, soccer matches and basketball games that are coming up tonight uh, on our Friday show. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.